Hey friends, Pastor Brandon here, and we are so excited that you logged on to stream our sermon content here at Community Covenant Church. We pray that it is uh, helpful, enjoyable, and that will help you grow into all that God has created you to be. We have other ways that we help you grow here. And first, that is through our gatherings on the weekend. Um, and it's also in groups as we gather together as the church uh, beyond the weekend. Um, and we are applying this sermon content and the gospel to our lives. And and then lastly, through mission opportunities, both serving inside and outside the local uh, church. And so what we pray is that this sermon content uh, is in no way replacing a meaningful relationship between you and a local church, whether that's our church or another one in our area. Uh, we just would pray that this is supplemental to you and not a replacement of a meaningful engagement with a local church. And so just praying uh, for you as you continue to grow and pray that God continues to uh, help you connect to a group of people that love you and know you. Blessings. excited to be here today. I, I, um, I just feel like there's a real strong sense of the Lord's presence in the room. Um, just, but I think whenever we gather together as God's people, um, he's, he promises to be with us. He was in this room before us, and he's going to be here after. He's going to be where you're going, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So today, we're in a, a, we've been a, uh, spending the last few weeks just talking about something I think we're all familiar with. Uh, uh, can I get an amen, right? <laughs> Like, we're all just kind of familiar with this sort of thing. And so if you want to grab your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 today, uh, which is page number 985. Go to page 985. While you're turning there, I'm going to introduce my friend Ryan to you. Um, Ryan Gawet. Everyone say hi, Ryan. Right? Hey. Um, oh, yeah, he needs a microphone. That's probably a really not a good thing. Um, It'd be really kind of awkward to have you just stand, sit up here like all morning. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, yeah, that'd be just, just Ryan just kind of standing next, sitting next to me the entire sermon. <laughs> no, but Ryan's uh, one of our elders um, here at the church, and uh, today he's going to be helping uh, me, uh, helping just helping us just uh, walk through this uh, this next few. Uh, minutes together, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, let me just introduce it real quick, and then we'll keep, we'll keep going. Um, the, the biggest thing about overwhelmed, everyone kind of has an understanding of being overwhelmed, don't we, right? Just if you brought your kids to church today, you succeeded, and that's it, right? That's, that's kind of sometimes that's all that, that matters. Maybe for you, it's like, hey, I, I got here, and that's where we're at. But, but a lot of times when we feel overwhelmed, the first step that we take is, well, we just need to cut everything out of our life and start over. Right? Have you ever been in that situation before? You're like, I'm just not going to do anything for the next nine months, right? And I'm going to just kind of reset my life. Uh, but, but, but let me just kind of just present to you today or set before you that simplified living, simplifying your life does not have anything to do with your schedule. It's about uncluttering your soul. Um, because we're all 
have baggage. We all have backpacks that we're all carrying around. And Jesus invites you to lay those down. This is what he says in Matthew chapter uh, 11, where he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So his invitation, Jesus' invitation to you today, as you unclutter your soul, is to come find rest in him, um, because he has an easy burden and a light yoke. His teaching will provide the best way to live life. And, and so we saw that in a couple of different ways uh, over the last few weeks. But today, his invitation for you is going to be to move from anxiety to peace, uh, uh, when we all struggle with that in some sort of manner. And, uh, and actually, so well, as, I, as I've been, uh, you know, as we've been interacting, Ryan and I have had uh, multiple conversations on this topic, and I, I thought, man, it would be so cool to have him share his story today on anxiety. Um, it's been good. So, yeah. Good morning. Make sure you're good there. All right, sweet. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, like Brandon said, my... Um, my name is Ryan Gowett. My wife and I have been coming here for about 10 years. We've got three daughters. Um, and I just became an elder, I think it was back in the fall. Um, and yeah, I wanted to share sort of my story of how I've got sort of worked through me on this. Um, I kind of feel like we're on like Regis and Kathy Lee up here. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be like a minute. I was yeah. like, man, you're being really serious right now. No, no, no. <laughs> I'd be Regis. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Can Ka- I be Michael? Or, I want to be no, Michael. No, that's no. that's kind of what I was thinking. Well, you could be Kathy Lee. Or I something could be Kathy Lee. I don't have the hair, but I, huh? maybe yeah. I do. Yeah. I put enough product yeah. in my hair. Maybe yeah. I could exactly. get exactly. Kathy Lee so, style. I don't know why that popped in my head when I was up here. I don't know. It was probably a blessing from the yes, Lord. Yes, that's yes. really what that was. Um, so... <laughs> How many people have, uh, do, how many people remember the Chris Farley skit when he interviewed Paul McCartney on SNL? Anybody remember that? Uh, a few yeah. of us, yeah. Well, for those who haven't, it's not going to make sense to you, but um, <laughs> I kind of feel like he probably felt in that skit or his, the way he was acting in terms of the way things came about and, uh, or came out, so uh, uh, bear with me if, uh, yeah, <laughs> if no, it gets sure. awkward. Um, so. Cool. No, so we're in going to be in Philippians chapter 4. So the biggest thing of anxiety, about anxiety is this, um, is that anxiety is really rooted in fear, right? And this is something uh, Ryan and I have often, he, he's actually really taught me a whole lot about this um, as he's journeyed through his own, uh, his own journey of anxiety. But, but anxiety is rooted in fear, but fear is a feeling, right? And it's a good feeling. It's ultimately a feeling that you, you want. Um, when, when we were chatting about it, Ryan goes, well, when you have fear, it's probably a good thing to have fear when you're trying to run from a bear. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Because that's really ultimately uh, what it can do. But here's the thing, is that fear can either lead to wisdom or it can lead to anxiety. And I think that's the conversation uh, that we're going to have today and that Ryan's story kind of colors in. Um, we've all experienced that some sort of degree. And so however, however uh, we all let fear roll into anxiety when we begin to believe that we are the only ones that can keep us safe. When we believe we're the only ones who can control our life, when we believe we're the only, we're, we can create for ourselves what God can, only can create for us, when we believe that, our fear rolls into anxiety instead of wisdom. And so um, this is what Philippians 4 is, this is his overwhelmed invitation for you today is this in Philippians 4, throw it on the screen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, 
rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I often find that this verse is often the one that's read in church when we all need to hear it, right? Um, And so we're just going to invite you to make a movement today from anxiety uh, to uh, to peace. And, uh, and so th- this is how we're going to move through that with just a few uh, simple steps. Number one, uh, if you want to move from anxiety to, uh, from, a- being, from being anxious to peaceful, number one, you have to learn that you are not in control. Um, and so look at Philippians 4, if you, if you just read it, read it in your Bible real quick. How many times does Paul move the gaze of us or the, of the Philippian church away from ourselves up to God? And this simple little verse here, um, you, see a, you see a few times. One, it says, rejoice in who? The Lord. How many times? Always, right? So he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. He's trying to get your gaze to go up. He's also saying multiple times, um, the Lord is near. Present your request to God. The peace of God. Guard your heart and mind in Christ. Like literally five times in this four, these few little verses, we see God is trying to say, you are not in control. He's trying to move you up, gaze you, uh, trying to move your eyes to gaze upon the, the, the beauty of Christ. He's saying, rejoice not in yourself, rejoice in Christ. Rejoice not in your, man, everything is serene and everything's perfect. Rejoice not in your bank account. Rejoice not in that, rejoice in the Lord. He says, the Lord is how far from you? He's near. I think we need to be reminded of that, but that ultimately you package all that together. You say the number one way to move away from anxiety, from being anxious to being peaceful is to simply know that you are not in control. Agreed. <laughs> good, good, because that was his point. So, <laughs> um, so I'm definitely not going to share my struggle with anxiety because I've had it all figured out. It, it is a daily sort of weekly challenge for me. Um, but I want to kind of share how God's walked through me, with me through that, um, because he's really used a lot of things like scriptures I've already, I've read a hundred times, um, people in my life, um, uh, even a counselor to sort of help walk me through this. Um, and, uh, so if I say anything that kind of seems like, oh, I've got it all figured out, believe me, um, I don't. And, um, you can talk to Kylie and she'll, she'll tell you, um, <laughs> that I don't. So, yeah. um, luckily for her patience, um, you know, uh, the other part is that, you know, I, I started my prayer and it was for God just to make me feel better, take, you know, sort of take it away. And, um, he didn't do that. Um, so I kind of changed my prayer to say, what, you know, what could you do with this in my, in my life? And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the, the whole story that kind of really drove to sort of some very deep anxiety. Um, you know, there, were, there was a really dark time where I was considering um, some, some awful things and um, then witnessed uh, somebody actually following through with those and, and how that really rattled me. Um, but... I, so, <clears throat> let's see if I missed anything. Um, but yeah, so I just want to share how I've been turning my, my distrust, distrust in God um, through this and, uh, and the anxiety and, and turning into peace that, that passes all understanding because uh, I've got a new level of understanding of that.
And, and uh, how, long, how long really has your journey with anxiety been? Um, I think looking back on it, I, I never thought I, I had that. But, um, I, you know, I can see as a kid how I, how I did in growing up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, certain life circumstances as I got older um, really drove it to the next level um, in, in terms of being, you know, really in a dark place for, for quite a bit of time. Um, where I would come home from work, um, say hi to the kids, and I would go up to bed and, and go to bed because I just I wanted some sort of escape from from the anxiety. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's just it's amplified over the years. Uh, you know, when we were chatting about it, he was saying Ryan was telling me uh, a story for him is the story of Peter. Peter is one of the apostles that followed Jesus through his time in ministry. Um, and Peter most often, or probably most likely, struggled with anxiety. Um, if you look at some of the activities that you found that you find Peter doing, he often has his anxiety that comes out in outbursts of rage, um, to the point where he even uh, cuts off uh, a dude's ear. Now we—I don't know if anyone's had anxiety at that level, but maybe um, at different points. Uh, but but some people have honestly, and then they've gone. Uh, as, as they struggled even uh, past that in some ways. And, and so when you, are, uh, in a, when, it, when, when you hear the story of Peter, all throughout the book of John, you actually can see uh, that Jesus is meeting him where he is in his anxiety, and he's constantly moving him towards uh, finding his rest and his identity back um, in being a follower of Christ. And so that's a story for you, right? Yeah, this was a, a big story for me to kind of understand at a different level. Um, you know, I've heard this as a kid. I've read it, you know, a hundred times and uh, really, really found some more depth in it that really spoke to me. Uh, as a kid, I'd hear stories of Peter and I would hear people be like, can, you know, can you believe this guy? Can you do this? And, you know, I felt like something was wrong with me because I was sort of like, well, I kind of get where he's coming from, you know? Like, I... I, I, I put myself in that situation and I'm like, I might not have responded as well either. And um, so I you know, kind of started to dive into that a little bit in the story. And, I, and then the part about him cutting off somebody's ear really stuck out to me because I'm like, just a little while later, you know, we, we talk about how he was afraid for his own life and he was denying Jesus. And I'm like, but like half an hour ago, he was cutting off somebody's ear when ready to, ready to die. So it didn't, didn't really make sense to me. <clears throat> and then I started thinking about it of, I think there still was some fear for his own safety, but I really think he had walked with Jesus for you know three plus years, and he saw all these things, he was excited, he was um, passionate, and then for Jesus to sort of just tell him to you know calm down and, and then walk off, and, and he kind of saw what was happening, it didn't, didn't make any sense to him. So I, I, I started to think about it as maybe there was a part of him that was saying, you know, I thought I knew Jesus. I, I thought I knew him, right? Like he was really struggling with his own fear and anxiety of this doesn't make sense. And I think part of it is because when you're in, you have anxiety, the, the biggest thing you try to do is control things. And when things don't go the way you expect them to, it really will, you know, mess with you. I mean, even... I'm, a, I'm in agreement going back to two services and the times, but I hear that and it's like, man, that's change. I don't, I don't like change. It's, <laughs> that's different. So, um, so yeah, there, there's that. But then the other piece of the story that just really, really broke me was I've read so many times how Jesus restores Peter. And, um, you know, it made sense. He asked him the question three times. 
He said he loved him three times. Those things add up. He's good, you know, nice little bow there. But I started reading it and I looked at the Greek words that were used um, for love. And Jesus says the first two times, he says, um, do you phileo me, which is just a, you know, unconditional love. And I think in the past, Peter would have said, yes, of course I do, right? In his sort of arrogance or, you know, just very, very self, um, you know, just always was on fire and, and would say, of course. And, and Peter answers him every time, though, with, um, uh, I'm sorry, did I mess the two up? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, he, uh, phileo love. And, you know, that's more of a brotherly friendship kind of love. And, and then I could never understand why Jesus kind of got maybe a little annoyed with him. And I was sort of like, well, my daughter asked me 100 times a day what my favorite color is. And that, as cute as it was, you know, the first time, it you know, got a little annoying sometimes. So, um, <clears throat> but, but then the last question, Jesus says, um, do you, uh, you phileo me? And Peter answers again in that. And I was just kind of blown away that, that Jesus was coming down to meet Peter where he was at. Um, and Peter was still understanding where he's at and, and how that humbled him. Um, and then a lot of the things that I started thinking after that, and anybody here who struggles with anxiety, there's definitely triggers that will put you, you know, kind of spiral you into into an area where you're, you just feel out of control, you feel so scared. Um, and at first I was thinking, what did Peter think every time he heard a rooster crow after that? And um, my first thought was that was a trigger maybe for his anxiety. But when I started to think about it a little bit more, I think it was actually a trigger for him to kind of be reminded of the way Jesus met him where he was and um, how he restored him. And so, uh, when those triggers do come up, the thing that I try to do, I'm not very good at it, is just remember how God sort of walked me through these and there, you know, specific situations where, um, just where he was, was there for me. And, uh, and, you know, that kind of changed my mindset a little bit about how to deal with those moments. Yeah, it's, it's a, a anxiety that kind of exists. Sometimes it's a low-grade anxiety or sometimes it's a spiking one. I know for me, it's just this, when I have an incessant like, oh, I need to constantly look at it. I need to constantly think about it. I need to, it's constantly just running. Um, it's causing you to maybe rest at like a seven or eight on the anxiety level. And, and you only have two more points before you start to overflow. And we all know what those overflow moments look like. You, you, that's where the, the, the moments that Peter's uh, anxiety would be shown. And, and for your life, you have it in its own way. But ultimately, it gets satisfied when we know that we're not in control and we can settle back down to that one or two on the anxiety scale to really just let everything calm down. With, with kids going back to school, with things happening and schedules are filling back up, how many already have a full book for the fall, right? And, and that, that will cause us to kind of uh, heighten uh, all of our emotions. And, and, and we need to constantly remind ourselves that we need to move from anxiousness to peacefulness as we let Jesus be the identity, that we, our primary identity. And the first way to do that is to not, learn that you're not in control. Your life is, uh, is, is underneath a sovereign God, um, and we trust in him uh, more than anything. Sin will always lead you to believe that you can create for yourself what only God can. Like, God, you can't do this for me. Only I can do it. 
Only I can do this, and I gotta pull, I gotta hold it together. Uh, Colossians chapter one says, no, Jesus holds it all together. We just get the benefits of that. Uh, and so if you ever get, uh, you know, just get tempted to be the one holding it all together, whether it's a relationship or a current reality or something going on in your life, I'm the one holding it all together. That's the moment when you're stepping into the only seat that God holds, that God should be holding in your heart. Uh, and that's something I'm constantly releasing in my chair time every single morning. God, you are Lord. I'm not. You are creator. I'm creation. You are in control, and I'm literally underneath yours. And so one, number one, learn that you're not in control. Number two, move from anxiousness to peacefulness. Um, allow fear to lead to wisdom and away from anxiety. Um, Paul gives us steps here, doesn't he? Uh, in Philippians 4, he, he, sa- he says things like praying and petitioning and presenting in every situation. He, helps, um, he, helps, gives, us, he gives us wisdom to, to release our anxiety. Um, it, it's just these moments, and prayer is a piece of that in a, in a major way. Um, and, and that type of prayerfulness will overflow into many different ways. And, and for, for you, Ryan, you said uh, you, had, you had two major pieces that, that really connected on, uh, on this level of allowing fear, instead of becoming uh, anxiety, allow it to become wisdom and help it build structures in your life. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> one of the things I realized that was driving my anxiety, I, there, there were many things, but one of them was, uh, Kylie and I's finances were out of control. We, you know, we weren't paying anything late, but <clears throat> just kind of looking at it and just being kind of overwhelmed by the debt that we had. And, um, and so I, I was really praying about it and what, what should we do? And, and, um, and then all of a sudden the financial peace class came up. So we, we attended that back in January of 2016. Um, it was a big blessing for us to, to move towards that fear into wisdom using biblical principles in, t- in terms of how we handle our money. Um, you know, that, that's resulted in us paying off um, all of our house except our debt by this October um, while significantly increasing, <clears throat> significantly increasing our giving and becoming a cheerful giver. Um, I remember we've gone, we went through the, you know, a couple of the financial things <clears throat> here, uh, sermons, and that, that scripture of being a cheerful giver, I'm like, if I wait for that, man, I, <laughs> it's just not. You're you know, not getting a dime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's a, I, I know myself, and I just got to be obedient, and then, um, and slowly I've become a, a cheerful giver. And so that's sort of the, the fun part of my month when we pay our bills. Um, and uh, something that I've been able to share with my children. Um, in terms of why we do that and uh, you know, why we, didn't, we wanted to get out of debt. And uh, I've actually started you know, with them in terms of how they, they, they handle their money. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I do feel bad sometimes because this has been such a good thing for us. I, I feel like sometimes over the last couple of years I've uh, shared Dave Ramsey more than Jesus. <laughs> um, and so uh, I gotta be always mindful of that. Um, But he does talk about Jesus, so I feel like it's sort of a... It works out. Yeah, it works out. Um, The other part that I had to be aware of, though, is as much as that turned into wisdom, um, because of my my nature and and what drives my anxiety, or a lot of us' anxiety is, um, we obsess over things, right? We we obsess in it. We say, well, if this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then we get all wound up, um, or at least I do. And after we started doing this and we seen progress, it became my obsession. 
Um, I, you know, Kylie will um, laugh or roll her eyes sometimes because uh, I will be up for hours, hours planning our budget throughout the year, every single dollar, where it's going, you know, whatever. So if something comes up that we can afford to pay for, but it was not in my plan, um, <laughs> it gets me anxious and, and, and angry. So, um, so I've had to kind of take a step back from that. It hasn't been a big step at this point, but I'm, I'm slowly stepping back from that, <laughs> for sure. But, but even, you're saying even in your wisdom, like even when your fear is moving towards wisdom, that structure started causing anxiety because you, you started obsessing over even the structure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I went from realizing that or thinking that, hey, I'm in control of this, right? Yeah, I'm following big, biblical principles, but I'm in control of this. And then, again, it's just you know, how ironic that was uh, yeah, for me. Sure. You know, but there's another, another piece real fast on yeah. this in terms of wisdom. Uh, where you've, you've gone through the journey of, of whether or not to use medication in sure. the midst of anxiety. Yeah. Like, I kind of wanted to start out with this, because this is the, the biggest thing I think I wanted to even share. Um, I really, really struggled with potentially taking medication for this. Um, you know, I felt that it meant that I didn't trust God. And I, you know, I, I didn't... When I read um, one of the translations that says, be anxious for nothing... That literally means be anxious for no thing. And again, it, I felt like it was a command and, I, and, and a sin if I, if I was doing that. And if I took a, a, a pill to make me stop doing that, I'm t I, I just didn't, in my head, didn't want to take a pill to say um, I'm not sinning. Um, that just seemed um, just not right with me. Uh, you know, I had a lot of friends and people encourage me and say, well, you would take one for, you know, diabetes or you take one for cancer. And, and I got where they were coming from, but to me, it was still in my head that that's more, this is more a behavioral thing. Um, and I didn't want to take something to help with my behavior. Um, but I, I came to the point where I realized that taking that medication was, was, uh, was wise. Um, and it didn't, it didn't take away the anxiety. It didn't take away the, you know, panic attacks from time to time. But what it did is it, it took the edge off so that I could not just use that to solve my problem, but I could really dig into some of the deeper areas that were in the roots of what, was, what drives my anxiety. Um, so I, I just wanted to share that because I think there's been so many people uh, here, potentially, that have been told within the church that, you know, that you shouldn't take medication for, you know, mental health type things. And, and I strongly, strongly believe that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and if... <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a stigma sometimes in church world. It's, you have some sins that are okay and some sins that are not okay. Right, and uh, but we're all like, hey, let's be honest, we're all we're all sinful underneath the banner of Christ, um, and, and these are one of those things where if if there's wisdom that uh, I, if there's wisdom that allows you to take a next step with something, um, you you actually end up interacting with it much uh, much healthier, much better. Um, uh, but there's even this thing called something you know, when it comes to grace, um, we we have to believe that God even is in charge of common grace. And this common grace is this concept that not only does God give salvation grace where he, he helps you believe and become part of the family of Christ, but God even gave, uh, every, gave the world gifts 
um, and gave the world wisdom to be able to interact. So like the, the grace of doctors and the grace of, uh, the grace of doctors and the grace of friends, the grace of just you know, really good mechanics or whatever the case is, these little gifts that he's given to people to be able to interact with, uh, with the world. And, 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 and sometimes it takes a season of this type of work to move past some sort of chronic anxiety. And I think that's a, a strong and courageous thing for you to bring up. Sure. And I apologize for anybody who's maybe told you that you shouldn't be taking it. Um, obviously, we had to do it in a healthy way and working with our doctors and finding the right doctor um, But because it can be abused. But uh, it, it's definitely a tool, I believe, that God's given us to, to help us hear him, yeah. I think. Sure, take notes like that. So if you want to move from uh, being anxious to peaceful, one, you've got to learn that you're not in control. Um, and that's just really a lifelong Christian thing to do, right? Second, you've got to really understand that you allow fear to lead to wisdom and away from anxiety. Three is realize your true identity is in Christ. And as we kind of move, wrap up here, our identity isn't a perfect presentation of ourselves. Our identity isn't a perfect presentation of Jesus. So our past sin, our present circumstances, and our future plans are all wrapped up in Christ when we have our true identity uh, in him. That's really what the series is, is about, is that we're, we're, a lot of times we find overwhelmed, we become overwhelmed simply because uh, we are finding our identity in, ho- in, in a host of other things besides in Christ. When we're at home in Christ, um, it'll allow us to move and interact and, and maneuver through our life uh, with a lot less, uh, with, with, with much more rest uh, in all of that. So um, as you popped into that, how did you uh, maneuver through this? Yeah, um, so one of the things I realized is that what was really driving my, my anxiety is um, the fear of screwing up, but not just screwing up, but the way I would be perceived. Um, and it, it goes you know, kind of much deeper than that, but you know, that's what led me to, to buy things that we couldn't afford. That, that's what um, paralyzed me um, in terms of you know, the my anxiety then became my identity, right? It, not an excuse, but it kind of it became my, my identity to say, oh, well, yeah, that's why I'm behaving poorly. I'm reacting to it. You know, I'm, I'm, I have anxiety. Um, and so, uh, sorry, I'm just going to check my notes a little bit here. Um, I, you know, I felt like my identity in Christ is tied to uh, periods of time where I, where I felt like I was doing the good, you know, good things. And uh, I realized that it's not that, that, that our forgiveness in, <clears throat> in Christ, um, that happened 2,000 years ago. We just had to, re- we had to accept it now. Um, and then there's a repentance piece, and that's just continually to turn away from sin or turn away from the things that, that we're not doing. Um, and just that understanding really helped me. I, you know, I always heard about, oh, is your identity in Christ? I'm like, sure, that sounds good. You know, it doesn't, I don't disagree with that. Um, but, you know, once we're forgiven, we're forgiven. And, um, you know, we don't just uh, chase, chase after, you know, that we have to continue to be forgiven. And I think that's where some of the guilt and shame uh, comes in. So he says, don't, you know, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. So if you want to move from anxiousness to peacefulness, you've got to realize that your identity is in Christ. But what Paul says, part of that identity in Christ is always thanking God. Like, come on, man. Isn't that the, like, just a cop-out? Don't you feel like that's a cop-out sometimes? Like, I've been going to church my whole life, and I've been saying, thank God for everything. Thank God for everything. But, but literally, be thankful in everything. 
um, will cause you to have space and capacity in your bucket so that you're not, uh, you know, you're not going Peter style over people around you. Yeah, I, I also feel it's, you know, when I read that, um, the thankfulness part of that verse, I was sort of like, I, I started to do that. And when I did that, it was, um, you know, thank you, God, for being here for me in that moment. Thank you for being here in that moment. Thank you for, for doing this. And it just kind of resets your, your thought process to say, I'm worried about, because I don't know what's going to happen, and that's, I'm, I'm anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a good reminder that there were other times that I felt like that, and God did show up, and he was there. It, wasn't, it didn't necessarily come out like I would like it to, to have come out, um, sure. or, or what I thought was the ideal, um, but God kind of did, and he's used some really, really dark situations and, and turned them into something good where I was like, there's no way good could come out of this. I think about thankfulness as well. Um, when you're truly thankful for something, you weren't in control of the interaction, right? Like if you have to ask somebody for something, um, you have to receive something from someone. And unless you were coercing that situation, you wouldn't be, if you were coercing that situation, you wouldn't be thankful for the gift, right? You would, you would be like, you would say, you owe me this. You owe me this. And so I'm not thanking you. What I'm doing is saying, you're off the hook. But a thankfulness, a true thankful spirit, a true thankful heart, if you're thanking God in everything, you're, you're acknowledging that you weren't in control of the transaction that he was. And he was the one giving you the gift. And I think that's what cult- ultimately creates that capacity. Can I go back to one thing I missed? Yeah, sure. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to share, because it was really powerful, um, is I read Galatians 2.20, and it says that we we're crucified with Christ, um, and that he's within me. And, and I was like, well, that means I was resurrected with Christ as well. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of blew me away and said, well, how do, how do you think that's going to help you respond to your fears? Sure. And, and obviously it, it, it helps in a, in a major way. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Lastly, if you want to move from anxiousness to peacefulness, you got to be, be thankful and everything. But number five, I, I think, and this is, he, you know, Paul doesn't, this isn't right out of here, but you can see Paul talk about it all the time, is that I think you need to have good friends. You need to have good friends. I, when I hear Ryan's story, when I've heard multiple people that have struggled with some sort of a, whether it was an acute form of anxiety or a chronic form of anxiety, um, they always say, you know what the one thing that helped me just like chill out a little bit was, was somebody else, was somebody else. And, and you're, you're literally, you're, you're ultimately saying to yourself, you're, you're not alone. Um, I've talked about this multiple times in, in, in the past few years, uh, but there is a very real thing called social isolation where you are not in normal interaction with people. And that will change your brain makeup to believe that everyone's out to get you or that no one has a, a view of you that's positive. And, you sh- and it will lead to you uh, not going places. It will lead to some sort of social anxiety. It leads to many different ways. But having good friends in the midst of this uh, will really help pull you out of it. And having good friends, even when you start to go through it, you don't have to realize, oh, man, I need to go build this network of people, but I already have it. Um, but you, you've, friends for you have been a major part of this. Sure. <clears throat> I want to start with a disclaimer first because I have a couple of friends like Shane that will kind of twist this in a, in a way. Um, I, I don't think hugs are wrong, but I don't like them myself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
You needed to make sure you said that on a I, Sunday morning. I, well, yeah. I knew how it would be, you know, twisted and, and give him permission to try to hug me, and I just didn't, didn't want to go that way. Um, and so, you know, I do hug my wife and my children, and sometimes I, other family members as it's required, but... Um, as it's required. Yes. But... I mean, God has a sense of humor. I married into a family who loves to hug. And so it's, uh, you know, if I get up from the, the table to go do something, my father-in-law will almost give me a hug. And I'm like, I'm, I'm coming right Stop. back. Yeah, that's right. Come on. So, but, um, so having good friends uh, for you is like, yeah, hey, you know, a high yeah. five more than anything. Yeah, so that's right? sort of the disclaimer. Um, but... It's easy to think when you're going through some of your fearful and your anxiety uh, that nobody will understand, right? And you don't want to just, you just want to be, I, I love being by myself, but this even made it even worse. Um, <laughs> yes. And so, uh, and then it just, but that can explode into all these nerves inside. You don't, you don't feel like anybody's supporting you in it or whatever, even, but you're not asking for that. Um, and so, uh, it was hard for me to open up to mentors, uh, to even a counselor, um, you know, to, to family. Um, you know, my dad was very, very helpful in, in, my, in my walk in this. And, um, but I'm, I'm thankful for their patience. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunities of the way that they encouraged me, the way they called me out sometimes on stuff that, you know, I was thinking some things that really would never happen. Um, but again, your mind runs and runs and runs. And so some, for somebody to be patient and say, all right, well, let's walk through this sort of logically um, was really helpful for me. And, um, you know, I think this is a, a good shameless plug for community groups with that coming up. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I encourage everybody to join a community group. Um, but I will say, like, don't, if you're, if you're scared to join a community group, don't, don't be scared. Uh, don't, you don't have to go in and just put all your crap out there and you know right away. Get to learn, get relationships with people. Um, kind of feel like you can trust them um, because it it'll go a long way in terms of whatever you're struggling with, whether it's anxiety, a death in the family, or or, or what it is. So, yeah. you know, to me, uh, I really, I really, really uh, encourage that. And then I'll just show one quick example. <clears throat> I talked about the finance piece and. So I didn't know where to go. Uh, so I had breakfast with Ron Ware because um, he has a business with finance. So I said, that's logical. Yeah. And uh, I thought he was going to tell me all these things and ways to do it. And his simple, you know, loving feedback for me was, do you have a budget? And I said, no. Uh, he said, well, that's really irresponsible. And uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, thanks. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> But I, I didn't get angry, I just, I, I was like, no, I, I kind of already knew that. Um, and so sometimes God uses people to speak wise words into you so you can move from that fear into wisdom. Good. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful that, that he said that, so. Good. So, so those are the, the pieces um, I, from Ryan's story that I think when you unpack Philippians chapter four, um, it, it's going to be like a little pathway for you to take some steps. And some of you might be like, I don't have chronic anxiety, and I don't feel like I even have acute anxiety. And I would say, you might have a level of anxiety even if you don't, if you don't know it. 
um, and, and to, to really help take some steps to really make sure that your rest is in, your identity is in Christ. Uh, but you know what Philippians 4 says is literally to take your prayer and petitions to God, like, to, like ask him to take care of it, remind him, have him remind you that you're not in control. And, and so what I wanted to do as Chris, um, as Chris comes back up this morning is I wanted to give you just a couple minutes to actually do that. Sometimes uh, in, in the, the scheme of life, right, you have this whole week where you are really busy and you might feel overwhelmed consistently and you never have that few minutes alone with the Lord to actually practice what Philippians 4 is saying. It's, it's funny, it's like, almost like we're, we're anxious and then the Bible says, hey, here's how to handle this or here's a way to handle this and we don't practice it, and we're like, God, take my anxiety away, right? But he's saying, you know what, take some time to actually give all the things that are causing anxiety in you over to the Lord in your prayer and your petitions to God. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of close with this before we pray. Um, I have a newer community group outside of uh, Community Covenant uh, for, for a couple of reasons, and uh, I still have my, mine here. But there's a guy in that group who... Um, spent a lot of time in prison. And he, he got up and shared one day, and, and his, his uh, I want to read it, make sure I get it correctly. He said, sometimes you need to be in bondage and even physical bondage before you can go from hearing about God to seeing him. And that was about him thanking God for prison. Um, and so I, it just really spoke to me. So when we pray, I, I would say start with thankfulness. Um, you know, pray in the ways that God showed up, even in an unfair and painful and some of the horrible times. Um, and, and when he's intervened in those situations, um, and just ask him to turn your fears into wisdom, right? Being fearful isn't necessarily, a, it's not a sin. It's what we do with that fear. We can turn it into anxiety or we can turn it into, into wisdom. And so don't get discouraged if you, you're doing well with it and then you're, you kind of hit a, hit a valley, um, continue to pray and remember when God sort of pulled you out of those valleys. So. Yeah. Let's take a couple minutes as, they, as the band plays and just spend some time thanking God for where you're at, petitioning God for what you might need, and just trusting him for the outcome.